You're listening to the really useful podcast. This is the tech podcast for technophobes from makeuseof.com. Welcome to the show. My name is Christian Corley and I'm joined this week by Ben Stegner. We are here to bring you the latest tech news that matters, things that actually affect you, uh, such as uh, security issues, new products, new features on your tech. And then we will have some tips and tricks. A little bit different this week, but we'll uh, get to that when we get to it. Uh, Ben, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you? How's, How's life been? Yeah, it's uh, it's okay. Thank you very much. It's uh, nice to talk to you again after a few weeks. We um, will kick off with the news that the Grand Theft Auto 6 source code and videos uh, demonstrating the game in action have been leaked following Rockstar Games being hacked. This is absolutely uh, crazy. I think this is probably... I don't want to stick my neck out unnecessarily, but this feels like the biggest game pre-release hack since Half-Life 2 in 2003. Yeah, I can't think of another one that would really come close, especially with GTA being such a big franchise and it having been so long since the last one came out and it's kind of on everybody's mind. Um, And this is the sort of game that gets a lot of press no matter what. Um, I can't think of really any major, major leaks like this in the past. 10 years unless i'm forgetting something yeah i can't i I must be forgetting something if there is another one absolutely agree uh it is absolutely huge um so basically what's happened is that rock games was leaked over the week uh, was, was was suffered a major leak over the weekend basically and the authenticity of the clips was doubted by some but youtube pulled the videos when uh take two interactive who own rockstar made copyright claims on the videos uh rockstar later confirmed in a message posted to twitter we recently suffered a network intrusion in which an unauthorized third party illegally accessed and downloaded confidential information from our systems including early development footage for the next grand theft auto at this time we do not anticipate any disruption to our live game services nor any long-term effect on the development of our ongoing projects We are extremely disappointed to have any details of our next game shared with you all in this way. Our work on uh, the next Grand Theft Auto game will continue as planned and we remain as committed as ever to delivering an experience to you, our players, that truly exceeds your expectations. We will update everyone again soon and, of course, we'll properly introduce you to this next game when it is ready. We want to thank everyone for their ongoing support through this situation. Um, Take-Two has filed an 8K report of unscheduled material events or corporate events with the Securities and Exchange Commission to notify investors of the leak as well. So it sounds pretty serious. Yeah, I mean, that's a big deal to have, you know, a game like this in progress, like so much of it out there. It's not just like a video or two showing something in progress. It's source code and all this. I mean, that's a a major blow. I mean, that really stinks for people that have been working on this game for years. And I mean, not only obviously is the studio having this just leaked to the public, but it's also, you know, all this hard work. And then it's not even like you can show it when it's ready to go. It's, you know, it's like seeing something, watching an artist paint and like not seeing, seeing the product before it's done. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Interesting. I mentioned half life too. The, 
The leak of Half-Life 2 resulted in the final game being quite different to what was originally planned to be released. There was um, changes to characters and motivations and dialogues and settings and uh, architecture within the game. Ben, what is your favorite Grand Theft Auto game? I have uh, actually barely played Grand Theft Auto. I got five when it came to PS4 and I played it for a couple hours and then just went to something else. So I have almost no experience with the series, so I can't really offer any insight, okay. unfortunately. Um, what about you? Well, I've got a weird relationship with Grand Theft Auto because I don't seem to like any of the normal Grand Theft Autos. So the only ones I've played and have enjoyed and felt that I got something fun and enjoyable from are Grand Theft Auto Vice City, which is Grand Theft Auto 3, but it's obviously it's got the whole Vice City, um, Miami Vice sort of uh, Scarface stuff going on in it. And it's fun and it's bright and the soundtracks are fantastic, all the radio stations. And Grand Theft Auto 2 London Edition, which is simply the craziest top-down game you'll ever play. But I don't tend to... Although I've played Grand Theft Auto 1, Grand Theft Auto 2, normal. Um, I tried playing Grand Theft Auto 3. Didn't enjoy it. Tried playing Grand Theft Auto 4 after completing Vice City. I didn't enjoy it. Tried Grand Theft Auto 5. Didn't enjoy Gave up very shortly after starting it. I just I just don't be, seem to be able to get a foot on these sort of like very standardised Grand Theft Auto experiences. But when there's something quirky about it, I'm, I'm there for it, as, as they say. Was the yeah. London edition of two like was that a totally different game or was it like a it like it's, a expansion? It's I think it's a separate game. I can't remember. Okay. It was a long time ago uh, when I played. I was actually looking at a video of it the other day, and probably yesterday. When in fact I shared something about the leak, and then I said like it will never be better than this game, and then I put in oh, a okay. video clip of Grand Theft Auto Two London. Um, the, the the London edition version of Grand Theft Auto Two is. I, I suppose it's like Vice City in that it um, it kind of uh, references um, movies and real events and things and brings them into the game as missions, uh, as Vice City does. So um, only from a very UK-centric point of view. So you've got like legendary UK gangsters mentioned and uh, legendary <laughs> doing a lot of heavy lifting there. And um, a movies like uh, Michael Caine's Italian Job and things like that. So it's 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 a lot of fun uh, as GTA games go. But uh, anyway, we'll move on. That so GTA Six is. I mean, it'll probably be delayed based on that. But then again, they'd never given us a release date anyway, so shouldn't worry too much there. Uh, Snapchat for web is now available for everyone to use. You don't have to subscribe to Snapchat Plus in order to use the web version. It announced the rollout as part of its September the 15th fall feature update in the Snap Newsroom. I think Snap about Snapchat, isn't it? And, uh, it was previously announced as an exclusive for Snapchat Plus users, but it's changed how it's doing its premium stuff. And so Snapchat for web is now for anyone. I don't think I have a Snapchat account, Ben. Uh, that would make two of us because I forget when it was, but I when it was fairly big i thought oh, i'll sign up for it and kind of see what all the fuss is about and i think i used it for like a week and just mm. didn't find it enjoyable at all that was i think that might have been before instagram had stories or right around then so i found it like overwhelming to like constantly pull the app up and see what people were doing but i've also never like 
I think we talked about this before. Like, I don't have an interest in messaging people on a social platform. Like, I'd rather message people on an app that's made for messaging that yeah. has, like, useful features for that. So I'm just not someone that likes to share every moment of what I'm doing, I guess, because my life isn't that interesting. So I've never really found the appeal in Snapchat myself. But yeah, uh, yeah. Sounds, like, sounds like we're both like that. Same here. It's um, no, I've just tried it out. It might be something that's uh, restricted to the U- um, to the US because it doesn't seem to be working in the UK at the moment. It's uh, web.snapchat.com. And uh, then you, when you log in, you'll need to confirm your login attempt using the smartphone app. Web app version differs from the mobile app in several ways, including that while you can send snaps on the web platform, you can only view them through the mobile app. And the user interface is also different from the mobile version. Uh, I suppose it's a useful new way of using uh, Snapchat. I'm a fan of let, of apps that you can access on both platforms yeah. because I'm because I'm at my desk all day. Obviously, it's nice. Like if somebody sends me a message somewhere, if I want to check something quickly, I don't have to fish my phone out and use that. It's nice to just be able to use the same device I'm on and use my keyboard and everything. Um, I tried it here in the U.S. I tried the web.snapchat link, and I get a really ugly one-line connection yeah. failure error, so I something must be messed up. Yeah, connection failure, upstream connect error, or disconnect slash reset before headers reset reason connection yeah, failure. Yeah, this doesn't look like a mirror message that's supposed to be public, so... No, they've <laughs> obviously pretty... got some sort of server issue with that feature at the moment. But uh, yeah, so that's uh, not available to use at the moment, but it's supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so maybe by the time you hear this podcast, it will be ready to use. And our third tech news item is uh, another uh, security problem. Microsoft Edge has just served malicious ads to its users. Uh, the browser was caught showing bad ads in its news feed that directed people to a fake malware attack page. Oh, no. It was swiped by malware bytes. Uh, this uh, malicious ads series of malicious ads on the news feed that look like regular articles at first glance but when clicked will take you to a website that fakes a browser locker attack and asks you to call a phony tech support company to quote unquote fix the problem that's no good in uh, in any sense and certainly not when uh, microsoft has been working very hard to uh, enhance its reputation with browsers internet explorer um, in its various incarnations and guises, was a horrible piece of software when it came to keeping your computers secure. And Microsoft Edge, since making the jump from its original code to the Google Chrome code, Microsoft Edge has been pretty reliable. So for this to happen is uh, more than a bit embarrassing, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's. All, I'm also reading about the details of this, and it's pretty interesting what they did. Um, so they... The, the people that set this scam site up, they changed it to where the site reports itself differently depending on whether a human clicked on it or if it's like a, a bot looking at oh, it. Oh, wow. So it says that's why. So if you're looking at your Edge home page, it, it comes up as an article like man finds a hidden cave, blah, blah, blah. It, say, it says ad on it. But that's because it reports itself to be an, a legitimate article to a bot. And then when you click on it and it knows it's a human, then it plays the tech support scam. Yeah. So that is interesting how it, it's not obviously the, ad, the the link didn't say, you know, click here because your computer's broken like that. May, that makes it more dangerous because you think you're clicking on a cool story and you get a scam. So, yeah, that is clever. thankfully it's at least a fake out scam like we've written about before and not like an actual, you know, ransomware site or something. It's just trying to scare you, but still not great, especially when it's being served to you on the homepage of the browser. Absolutely. So you can't expect Microsoft to have um, dealt with this just yet 
and they haven't, uh, you basically need to be, if you're using Microsoft Edge, you need to be vigilant and look out for these uh, these ads. Um, the, I mean, I, I could sit here and tell you to use Google Chrome or preferably Chromium or preferably Mozilla Firefox, but it's obviously it's entirely up to you which browser you use. But if you are using Microsoft Edge, then uh, be vigilant and don't click on anything that looks like it might be unreliable or just don't use Microsoft Edge. I mean, that's the only advice we can really give. If if, yeah. if, if, if the listener is going to stay safe online and they're using Microsoft Edge with this potential risk here, that Microsoft needs to be auditing the way that it is... Um, you know, processing ads and not using a bot for it. So our only recourse is to say, don't use Microsoft Edge, isn't it, really? And for now that we know this was an issue, maybe turn off the new tab page or the home page being this feed and just change it to, change your home page to Google or whatever site you go to yeah. the most so that you're not seeing this. And also, I mean, I'm from Malwarebytes right up on this, it looks like this was clearly marked as an ad and 99 times out of 100, those, you know, those junky ads you see on sites where it's like, you know, man ate oranges every day for 10 days and this hat, like all that crap. Yeah. Um, but that's almost always junk anyway. So just yeah. don't click that stuff. Don't, don't click the junk. Keep your hands off the junk. Um, okay, let's move on. This is really, really cool. You can now visit the past using Google Street View on your mobile device. And I really should have queued this up. Um, shall we uh, try this? Have I, I don't even have a TARDIS noise. I should have a TARDIS noise. I don't have a TARDIS noise. I was, yeah, I mean, I could do it. The, the nearest thing I've got is, um, this is from my other podcast, is uh, this. Um Which is the door on um, the TARDIS, the uh, time machine in Doctor Who. And that's from the class. It doesn't sound like that these days. That's an old uh, 1960s sound effect there. But uh, yeah, you can visit the past using Google Street View. It's a very cool thing. I've just tried it out. So it works in the UK as well. Okay, so what you can do, um, as part of the 15th anniversary celebration in May 2022, Google introduced time travel to the Maps app on iOS and Android. And you can now browse areas in Street View going all the way back to the first captures in 2007 on your phone. Now, the amusing thing about this is from my location, where I am right now, up until about three years ago, it was showing the 2007 captures. And I think, yeah, and I think the satellite view is still the 2007 capture as well, um, or from roughly that that time. So, like, if I look at my front garden on street view now it's from like earlier this year or late last year but if i look at it in uh, satellite mode it's like completely different um now as i say i've just checked this so it works in the uk on android so it probably works everywhere by now Uh, you use google street view on a desktop by dragging a small yellow character and dropping it onto any highlighted roads um and it works similarly on mobile but there are now more unique features that you can try like this so like using the time travel feature on google maps on your phone is straightforward you open the google maps app and search or browse for the location and then you open it up so you're in street view you tap and hold on the screen and then it will um, display the date and then you can scroll down and then 
where it says, say, I'm looking at one that says 11 months ago, you just tap where it says see more dates and I get the option of looking at September 2021 or April 2009. Um, and obviously you get different weather, different cars. The idea is, I mean, I, I suppose the optimum way of this working is if the views are, they match, you know. I'm not necessarily certain that's going to happen with everyone but i'm the one i'm looking at now if it's not an exact match it's it's only inches out so that's quite cool yeah i do think this is really really neat i think this is like the coolest stuff that technology does in terms of like history and connecting us to the past um it's kind of like like using the wayback machine it's like fun to go back and see like what did yahoo look like in 2000 or that sort of thing like just for the fun of it it's kind of like that with this too like oh go back to the your childhood home and look how it changed over the last 15 years or look at some landmark that was being built or you know like a, an office building and how it evolved over the years i think it's really really cool um to have like 15 years of history like that just just to touch and look um this kind of reminds me actually i was thinking when you were saying that i was i visited the alamo a couple years ago when i was um, seeing some family in texas and I, I said how it would be cool how like if you've never been to the alamo like when you in your head you think of it as like it's in the wild west and it was this building they were defending but it's in downtown san antonio texas and it's like on a city block like you know it's like you're walking off of a busy street and the alamo is just right there so i said it'd be cool to like be able to compare like put vr glasses on or whatever and see what it looked like when they were fighting the battle of the alamo compared to how it looks now and actually when you go in there's a little exhibit where there's like a slider and on one end is in the 1800s on the other end is now and you can slide back and forth even like leaving it in the middle and it shows you like both at once and you can walk around with arrows on the screen and see what it looked like at the time i, I think that's really really cool yeah yeah i'm really enjoying looking at this i'm just i'm just i'm being a bit silly i'm just looking at my home and just changing the angle very very slightly and then then flipping between the two dates um but uh yeah it's it's a really good feature you should definitely check it out um listener it is really really good um and obviously it dip i mean i've only got two two dates to choose from but depending on how many times the google car has been near you you know if you live in a i mean i live in a suburban area that's kind of on the cusp of being as kind of um the countryside you know a kind of a bridge towards the countryside so if you live in a city then you're very likely to find that there's lots of examples of the um, google street view car having been in your neck of the woods and lots of different days that you can choose from across the years um how many did you get ben uh you know what i haven't actually looked at because my phone was face down i um, apologize take a quick look <laughs> that's okay i, sh I should have been looking when you were but i was trying to focus on what you were saying still not showing any dates on here you tap the square and the like the little preview of street view right i'm um, going to street view so you're looking at a location yeah and then um, I, what i did i tapped it and then it just uh, i long tapped it where i was and it oh okay yeah okay you have to okay i got you have to hit the screen yeah okay i, I didn't hit the screen when no i was point. on street view yeah, okay yeah, let me yeah. go back and try my where i live and try that again okay whoops so it has five years ago from my current location and there's like a bunch of trees out front that aren't there anymore uh so september 2016 and then september 2013 is the previous one um and it looks pretty similar to how it looks in that prior screenshot. So, yeah, it doesn't look too, too different. The road looked a lot worse in 2013, though. I'll say that. <laughs> a lot more, lot more patch jobs. 
<laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool though. I, I, it'd be cool to do to to do one that has way more. You know, you can look at it every year and see how it evolved instead of just like two random dates. But yeah, that's super cool. I I, I love applications of tech like this. I'm just looking at the um, the Hamley store on Regent Street in uh, London because I was down there a few months ago, and the Google car went past us. And uh, this was uh, Easter. And unfortunately, it still hasn't updated it, which is really annoying me because I'm expecting us to be on there, but we're not on there. I keep looking at it. It's February 2022, and obviously we were there in April. And I'm beginning to wonder whether they're kind of favoring the February date over the April date because it's quite unusual to go back so quickly. But then again, the thing is, it could have been en route to another part of London. That's the thing. So maybe we won't be, which would be disappointing. I'm trying to think of somewhere near me that's like I know has undergone like construction or like a business change their name or something to find a place that would have a lot of differences between years. Um, my my memory is failing me. Well, that happens with age, so you know. Yeah. I shouldn't worry about it too much. Um, so that's yeah. So that is the Google Street View looking into the past feature, the time travel feature on Android and iOS. And uh, crikey, look at the time. We're um, we're really pushing things. Um, recommendations time, Ben. And I know you have something to recommend. I do. Yeah. So I uh, was kind of scratching my head for something to recommend this week, and uh, I'll, well, I I'll recommend Splatoon three because I got that last Friday when it came out. I've been playing that so. Uh, yeah, Splatoon is a good time. If you're not familiar, Splatoon's main gameplay is that you play as a uh, an Inkling or an Octoling who is a kid that can transform into a squid or an octopus with one button press. Uh, and the core of the game is that you have different weapons where you can spray ink on the ground and the walls. And then when you turn into your squid or octo form, you can swim in your own ink. Um, so there's a big focus on multiplayer and the main mode is turf war where it's a three minute battle to see which team can ink the most turf. So it's not about getting kills. It's just about, or splatting as the game calls it. Um, it's just about covering the ground in your color and whatever team has more at the end wins the game. Um, it's a really good time. Uh, Splatoon 3, if you've played the earlier ones, it's, it's fairly similar to the prior entries. They didn't make any huge changes. There's a lot of little quality of life features that make this a really good entry. Um, it's a fun game for for kids because I can see a kid having fun with it, even though it's not. Um, how do I say this? Like, it's not like you have to have really good aim to enjoy it. It's fun just to spray ink everywhere. Okay. Um, there's a solid <laughs> single player. Yeah, right. You don't have to like if you're not shooting anything, it's not fun. Like like a lot of shooters are like that. Whereas yeah. this game, you can just kind of have fun and spray around. Um, there's a good single player mode that kind of teaches you different weapons and how to move around and stuff. And then there's a, uh, a wave based survival called salmon run where you and three teammates have to defeat bosses and collect the eggs they drop. And if that's a lot of fun, so, um, yeah, definitely a good game for kids, but I got into this series with Splatoon two when it came out about five years ago and I've been enjoying it. So it's, the matches are short, so it's a fun game to just jump into for a couple rounds because they're so short. You don't get as upset when you lose, like you might with a game that takes longer, um, yeah, just an all-around fun time. Great music, too. Did you say Salmon Run? Yeah, Salmon Run, it. that's what it's called. <laughs> Excellent. Um, we'll give you a link to uh, Splatoon 3 in the show notes. Okay, so I've had a bit of a strange week in terms of uh, finding things to recommend because I haven't really watched an awful lot. So I'm going to give you two that you can choose from, Ben, which is going to be my recommendation for this week, okay? Okay. This my is a tough call. It, it might not be that tough. My first, the th 
the thing is, I've been messing around with emulation on my computer and stuff, and uh, getting old games running. Uh, so that, that basically, the end, I, I wanted to get an, a particular old game working, so I could um, on my Linux box, so I could then get it running on Steam Deck reasonably well. Okay, and the game was uh, Championship Manager, ninety nine two thousand, which is a uh, football management sim from the years I just described. Why would I want to play such an old management sim? Because the more recent versions uh, pack too much fluff and nonsense and silliness into it. When I say silliness, I don't mean sort of John Cleese doing a funny walk sort of silliness. I'm talking about uh, additional features that really don't add anything. They just slow the entire game experience down. Okay. And I don't really and want to. microtransactions, I'm sure. Uh, no, it's more... Um, you get. Oh, God. I'm going to have to go into this now. So basically... There's an element of um, the the football manager series, as it's called now, uh, whereby you you don't have to do this, but it's kind of like you get the impression playing the game that if you don't do it, it's frowned upon. You have to engage in virtual press conferences between games, before games, after games, and it just takes a lot of the interest and urgency out of the game itself of you know selecting your team. Weighing, you know, putting them against the other team, selecting the tactics, getting the tactics right, tweaking them as you play, making the substitutions, etc., etc. And then you've got this press conference nonsense that happens before and after every game, and sometimes in between games. And, and I, I, I mean, that last time I tried one of these games, I think it was the 2015 version, maybe 2017. Um, the, 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 you know, the long and the short of it is I don't bother with them anymore because I know that I enjoyed the older games better. So I've tried getting uh, one of these older games working on my system, which meant, and you know, I wasn't relying on uh, illegal downloaded ROMs. I went the whole hog and ripped an ISO from my copy of uh, Championship Manager 99-2000, which I is here which you can hear right here that's the jewel case for it and uh, and then i got it uh, running with uh, play on linux and using a very useful uh, instruction video i found on youtube for you for doing almost the same thing with a different version of the game using play on mac i didn't actually know play on mac and play on linux were ver- almost identical uh in terms of user mm. interface and uh, they're related as well uh, with their development team so uh, so that was interesting um and i got it working it works absolutely goddamn perfectly and i'm absolutely delighted about it so that's my first potential recommendation is to get an old game working my other one is amazon prime uh i have a like a long wish list on amazon prime videos and you know sometimes they come because i have a prime subscription sometimes the videos are there you know the movies are there they're ready to watch because you know they're, they're back on prime that month or whatever and other times you go to watch them and they're not they're they're not back on prime and uh, last night we chose a film now it was a film that we nearly watched a couple of weeks ago, but we actually chose Man of Steel, and I discovered Ooh. that Man of Steel is not a good film. Yeah, I so, really hate that movie. I think it's so boring. So I was very, very reluctant to give this a go, um, especially as it was not the original because it's Total Recall, the 2012 version with Colin Farrell, which I gave a wide berth back in the day because it wasn't Total Recall with Arnold Schwarzenegger, which I considered to be one of the best action films of the 90s. And I kind of feel a little bit bad that I didn't watch it at the time because it's actually, whilst there are actual lines of dialogue lifted from the original movie, the actual setup is very different. There's, uh, I mean, I don't want to spoil it. There's no Mars at all, basically. 
It's a, so there's a completely different scenario with uh, you know there's a lot of the same beats and stuff, but there's it's 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 a kind of a reimagining of the original in a way that I'm surprised worked because um, we also watched um, this is going back a bit now um, the RoboCop remake which came out around the same time which was absolutely appalling, uh, but the Total Recall with uh, with uh, Colin Farrell is actually quite good. So if you have Prime Video. Um, it's free at the moment. So if you didn't watch it back in the day for the same reasons I gave you, or you know, maybe you were distracted by the, um, it was 2012, so maybe you thought the world was going to end or you were watching the Olympics. I don't know. Uh, but it's worth <laughs> checking out. It's a good movie. Yeah, I have not actually seen the original versions of those movies or the ones you're talking about. So wow. I guess I need to add those to my list. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm behind. That's incredible. I can't believe you haven't seen Total Recall or Robocop. Yeah, I'm... Uh, there's a lot of big movies I haven't seen. I need to make a list and they are um, get, I educate myself. They are quite um, because they 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 share uh, a producer. They are um, very kind or director. I beg your pardon. They are very sort of um, have a, a very unique um, l- view of the future, which is kind of I, I guess roughly speaking is where we are now. Um, so it's it's um, it's kind of because they're both sort of uh, late 80s, early 90s movies. And Paul Verhoeven had a very kind of um, particular view of how he f- felt the future was going to be in terms of how thing, everything from you know, game shows to TV advertising and all those sorts of things might be in the future. So the t- those two original movies are, are worth checking out. But as I say, the, um, the remake of Total Recall is also very good. Um, and... Um, probably lends a bit more uh, it also borrows a bit more liberally from the source material and it's um f- stable mate from philip k dick the um blade runner and the blade runner movie it has, a, has some visual similarities to that it could it could potentially take place in the same universe as a blade runner movie whereas i oh god i'm getting so geeky now aren't i whereas the original total recall could not have done basically okay I see, I'm looking at the Wikipedia article for it, and I see that they attempted to make a sequel of Total Recall, and that became Minority Report, which I yeah. have seen and quite liked. So if it's like that, I think I would like it. It's not bad, actually. There's, there's actually, do you know what? The Minority Report and the Colin Farrell Total Recall are probably closer together in terms, not just in terms of when they were produced and everything, but in terms of tone and um, the, the, just the drive and the feeling, the atmosphere of the stories, they're, they're a bit closer, I guess. But anyway, so yeah, so uh, yeah, we'll um, end the nerd chat for this week. You've been listening to the really useful podcast, the tech podcast for technophobes and apparently people who like old movies. From makeuseof.com, my name is Christian Corley. He's Ben Stegner. If there's anything in this week's show that you found useful, please let us know or pass it on to the people that you think will benefit from it. We'll be back with a new show soon. Until then, it's goodbye from us. (laughs) 